0: In this episode of the Smart Community Podcast, I have a fantastic conversation with Theresa Harding, the Mayor of Ipswich City in Queensland, Australia. Theresa tells us about her very background in the Defence Force, small business and IT, and her dual passion for local communities and veterans affairs. We discuss what sparked her interest in smart concepts and why it's so important to have a balance of logic and creativity, vision and implementation in our smart communities. Teresa then tells us about the work that Ipswich has been doing this year on setting up a transparency and integrity hub to ensure that trust is rebuilt with citizens and the local government is held accountable. Teresa tells us about how the hub works, the feedback they're getting on it already, and the benefits of adopting open data practices into local government. We also discuss how Ipswich integrates across disciplines, government, and industries, and their plans for continued community engagement and a more participatory approach to policy planning. We finish our chat discussing the emerging trends of digital inclusion and improved local government customer service, plus the importance of diversity in our civic and government decision making processes. As always, we hope you enjoy listening to this episode. As much as we enjoyed making it. Welcome to the Smart Community. Smart regions, smart towns, and smart cities. It's where we live, work, and play. With smart communities, the future starts today. Big data, smart mobility, emerging trends galore. The Smart Community Podcast is what you're looking for. Hi, Smart Community friends. We have some exciting news. After two and a half years and almost 200 episodes, the Smart Community Podcast has reached a major milestone. 100,000 downloads. 100,000. Wow. We are celebrating big time, digitally and socially distant, of course, and you are invited. We are having an online party featuring smart fun and games, Plus a keynote from Jonathan Reichenthal and an awesome panel discussion. It will be on Thursday, 8th of October, 2020 from 4pm Queensland time. Head to mysmart.community forward slash 100k. That's 100k to find out more details and check out what time that will be in your time zone. That's mysmart.community forward slash 100k zero, zero, and the letter K. Can't wait to see you there. Talk soon. Bye. Hello, Teresa. How are you today? Fantastic. Zoe and yourself? I am very well, and I'm very excited to be having this conversation with you, really. So am I. I love smart cities and smart communities. Let's jump straight in, and can you tell us about your background and what you're passionate about? I've
1: done a few things. I'm, I'm 51, uh, Zoe. So when I first left school, I, w- I was in the army. And after that, I was a small business owner and then moved into the IT field where I was technical and you know, installing PCs and dot matrix printers and, and moved into software and sales. And then I went back to defense as a civilian. So and worked very much heavily in the IT areas of defense and ended up managing all the sustainment and maintenance of the F-111 fighter jets. Wow. And from a personal perspective, I guess my, my husband's in the Air Force and we have three adult kids. Mm.
0: Your background sounds very fascinating. You've done so many different things and you would bring so much of that into this space that you're working in now.
1: Uh, it was quite a seamless uh, transition from technology into aviation because it is such a, a tech-heavy um, environment. And I guess being in a place where you're used to you know, logic and processes, it's, um, it was quite a, a seamless move. Mm-hmm.
0: So tell us um, what you're passionate about.
1: I guess from a personal perspective, I'm very committed to uh, communities and have been very involved as a volunteer for many community groups over the years. And I'm also very passionate about uh, veterans issues. Obviously, uh, being a former serving member myself, uh, my husband's a member of the Air Force and our youngest uh, son is a member of the Army. Uh, we're, I'm very passionate about um, supporting veterans as they leave the Defence Force and also as they get through any issues or medical issues that they may have.
0: Mm -hmm, mm, Such important issues to be tackling Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, in this smart community space we need to think about all of our citizens so, yeah, so important.
1: Actually technology is a big part for veterans because we move around, Defence families move around a lot, social media and technology is a big part of keeping
0: connected. Yeah, you're so right, and that community aspect as well is obviously so important, mm-hmm. having those support networks around you as you do move around quite a lot. Mm. So tell us what uh, sparked your interest in the smart community space. I can kind of draw a couple of lines, but <laughs> from your words. Um, I like
1: logical things and I like creative things, and, and smart communities, smart cities, that concept to me, is it allows you to use your logic and your creative side. And that creative side in problem-solving, but the logical stuff as in making sure it gets done because you can all have a good idea, but you've actually got to implement it and get it done. So that's really um, what sparked it for me. And if I can just speak at a basic level, if you look at the difference between using a calculator and using a spreadsheet, you know, look at the difference between the two or using a street directory or using Google Maps, just the difference having good data and technology and how much simpler it makes life really, really um, interests me.
0: Mm, I love that. And I I totally agree with you. I'm also quite logical, but also that creative side, which sometimes I think my early career I I forgot about, but now I use the podcast as an outlet for that, which is very useful. And I think you're right in the sense of it's great to have these big, wonderful ideas, but you need logical people involved so that you can actually implement the thing and um, yeah, have a real impact. As you're an engineer, you would do everything about that, I'd say,
1: logical processes and and completing projects.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think um, sometimes we forget that when we get caught up in, you know, the sexy technology and the widgets and things, um, we forget that actually at the end of the day, it's implementing a project, which is not as exciting as one might think depends i love
1: implementing and closing out projects (laughs) me
0: too (laughs) i know i'm i am in a project management nerd at heart as well and (laughs) i I just love seeing the final the final result but also the process of going through because so many different things are involved in a project let alone you know a smart city or smart community project Mm -hmm. where there's new technology community Mm -hmm. yeah it's fascinating
1: or going to fields or areas that haven't been done before yeah, like it's not like a, like a building project for instance but going to uh, different concepts and ideas and that innovation space that haven't been done yet
0: yeah and you have to really turn off certain parts of your brain and turn on other ones that you didn't know were there I, I find because you have to be okay with not knowing everything which I find very difficult at times but <laughs> but then actually you still have to be quite logical but you also then have to expand into what's possible so it's a It's a really fascinating space to be in. Mm. Okay, well, what is a smart community to you?
1: Look, when I think of smart communities, I think of how can we use data and technology to make life better and how can we make our communities better by using data and technology that's there?
0: Mm. And why is this concept so important to you?
1: I think it allows problem solving. You can solve those gritty things that happen to people. It's also, to me, about being more efficient and also doing things better. Look, it makes things interesting, I think, really, yeah, when you're looking at how do you solve problems, it makes things more interesting. And I've talked about the being creative and logical, I think, which is really great. But often when the, the smart cities and smart community concepts and, and when you implement it, it will reduce cost, but generally it decreases uh, the impact on the environment and in the end provides better services for people in the community.
0: Mm, which I imagine that while well, all of three of those have to come together in your mm. role,
1: Definitely, as, as a mayor, um, yes. I'm spending rate payers' money. So I've I'm, I'm very much got my hand on the purse strings mm-hmm. and making sure I can get best value for every dollar.
0: Mm-hmm. And how do you think Australia is embracing this smart city or smart community space?
1: Look, obviously it's progressing. You know, a big part of that is making sure people have training and have the technical skills as well as the creative skills to, to problem solve. Then there's the backbone like NVN, yep, so we can do it. I mean, can you imagine if we had COVID 10 years ago? people wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to work from home. They wouldn't have had the, you know, the bandwidth to do that. So I think there's a lot more that needs to be done. I think there will always be a lot to be done here, but obviously Australia is is powering ahead, I think, in this space.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's um, in on Ipswich and the work that you're doing. Can we first start with uh, maybe just a, a 101 or an overview of Ipswich's uh, smart city program, kind of where it started and where it is now, and then we'll dive into the, transparency and integrity hub mm. that you're working on?
1: Look, Ipswich has a long history of wanting to look at how we can use data and technology to be more efficient from anything from in improving our, our streetlights, using more energy efficient streetlights to having a data centre here as well. But I guess for us here, we had a period of time the last couple of years where our council was dismissed by the Queensland Parliament for lack of governance. And we've had a Two mayors found guilty and one went to jail and a couple of CEOs going through the the legal process as well. Mm -hmm. So when this new council came on board in April, we wanted to be really clear that that we were a council free of any corruption or fraud. So we set up a transparency and integrity hub at our very first council meeting in April. We said that we would launch it nine weeks later on the 1st of July. And I just wanted for people to know, because this new council knows just how important open data is to building trust between governments and citizens. And at Ipswich, we are leading the way with the Transparency and Integrity Hub. It's the first of its kind for local government in Australia, and I think we've set a a gold standard. The hub publishes detailed financial data on council expenditure over the last five years, and I really think this hub is an important step on our journey for transparency and integrity, and we are looking for further avenues for open data. I think importantly to this hub and the data complements, I guess, the range of other transparency and integrity measures we've brought in. We're now live streaming all our council meetings and our, our subcommittee meetings. I think we're the only council in Queensland that does that. Uh, we've published our three-year capital works program, which this council hasn't done before. So it's not mind-breaking technology publishing a spreadsheet or, or publishing a map so you can click on what's happening in your in your suburb but it's actually putting it out there so people can look at it so they can actually can participate in how their rates are being spent and actually see how decisions are being made and have the opportunity to, to discuss it with us about things they do like or things that they don't like.
0: And what kind of feedback are you getting from
1: the community so far? I've absolutely been gobsmacked, I guess because we are the only council in Australia that's doing this, that has this level of accountability. It's really meant a lot to to the people of Ipswich after going through the scandal a few years ago. So it's, good at, it's been really good in building pride, but I think it's also about driving culture in our organisation as well. When people know that that, that information is going to be published, it does drive a certain behaviour. And I do hope that it we'll just really focuses everyone from the elected representatives to council officers to making sure that we're really responsible how we're spending ratepayers' money and we're very much focused on the outcome as well. So um, everything we do needs to be about adding value to, for residents. Hmm.
0: And Ipswich has had quite a long journey in this smart city space and, you know, I imagine you've tried lots of different things and I know you've just come on as Mayor so you probably won't be able to talk to all of those, but... You know, you've seen the space progress in the time that you've been at Council and I'm keen to hear like some of the key conversations that you've, I guess, had in the past and now moving forward. What are we talking about that's different to before? Yes, and I'll put this with another lens.
1: Um, The role that I had before I started as Mayor in, in April was for five years I headed up open data for the Queensland Government. So I've been able to see how a lot of councils and a lot of other areas and a lot of other states and other areas around the world use open data and I guess how they can use that data in those smart cities and smart communities space. So I guess as far as Ipswich goes, I think it was very much an early adapter and I think it has been kind of stalled and I think now's a time as we're publishing more data and I think having a new council with innovative thinking, I think it would be, a, I guess, a um, of us progressing again.
0: Mm-hmm. really interesting and obviously you know in your previous role in open data like lots of people are talking about open data but what are some of the key benefits that you see in adopting open data practices
1: well i'll put my government hat on it's absolutely essential that elected representatives and governments at all levels let people know let taxpayers know how their money's being spent and we must outline how we are making those decisions it has to be open we also should be saying this is what we're going to be doing and be held accountable when we don't or when we do as well. I think I think people want to have faith in their governments. There has been a lot of flack with institutions over the years. But I think if governments are saying this is what we're going to be doing, these are the decisions that we've made, this is how we've made them, and this is what we're going to be doing and we deliver, then it needs to be acknowledged so people keep doing that. But by the same token, if governments aren't delivering, they need to be held to
0: account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so interesting. And I, I see a, a key piece for integration across different disciplines mm-hmm. as well with data, you know, sharing data on both a public and, and I guess private level as well where you're sharing information that can be useful for government and vice versa. So I'm keen to hear how you think we can better integrate you know, across different disciplines, government industries, which you must have done a lot you know mm-hmm. during your career and in your different roles. a lovely open question, Zoe. <laughs> um, I guess for government it's
1: important to show our commitment to working closely with stakeholders. So when we talk about integration, you're working with multiple different groups and making sure that we know which direction and what we're going to be delivering on. I guess we did something similar with the Transparency Integrity Hub. The councils are doing this at the moment. We're doing a community visioning piece as part of our corporate planning cycle, trying to take as much feedback from the community as possible as we're doing we our planning. We've also recently entered into partnership agreements with local chambers of commerce, so the Ipswich Chamber of Commerce and the Greater Springfield Chamber of Commerce, just to learn more about businesses as they create jobs and how they can be sustainable and grow as well. But I guess bigger picture when I look at industries here in Ipswich, um, we've got the largest Air Force base in Australia, so defence is a a big business here. But also with the Ipswich Hospital here and St Andrews and the Marder Hospital in Ipswich, that health area is growing exponentially as well. So, I look at how do we support the health industry and and defence to grow for for jobs but also providing the services that they do.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were talking a little bit before about smart communities and how it's different in bringing that creativity as well as um, that logical sense. I'm keen to hear, you know, from an Ipswich perspective, the key focus areas, like you said, are health and defence. How important is it to, I guess, first scope out those things before you... Maybe not start on your smart journey or whatever, but actually setting that vision of where you're going. How important is that? What's that old saying? If you fail to plan, you
1: plan to fail. Mm. And look, I have a military background, so that, what is it about planning that, that isn't to love? And, and I guess with you being an engineer, you, know, you yeah. know, what, know what your scope is. Very important to, while being creative, have that left and right of arc for your scope to see where you're going, to make sure that you're on, on target. And I guess for myself, being in government, there's not an endless supply of money. I'm very uh, frugal with rate payers' money and very cognizant of how hard people work to pay their rates and, and fees. And so that's sort of at the top of my mind when I'm looking at any type of innovation or new technology that we bring out. When we launched the Transparency and Integrity Hub, I had had a scope in my mayoral minute that was passed as a council resolution. And then I also had a budget figure in there that it couldn't cost more than $200,000. So I wanted to set an expectation out there, I guess, in the marketplace of, what we were after and just being, I guess, careful with the money.
0: Mm. Yeah. And what are your next plans for the hub? You know, what's the, you know, I know it's only new. uh, It's a new thing that's happening. What are you hoping to really drive next in this space?
1: I really would love to hear from residents to see what they would like to see. Mm. We're building a a brand new CBD. There was a a big mall in the middle of Ipswich and uh, we're investing $250 million of ratepayers' money in that mall. And we have had some feedback from residents to say they'd like to see, I guess, pulling the data in together in one central area rather than different areas. So we're trying to work out how people want to see that finance data. And going into the future, I'd love to do participatory budgeting so people could put up what they'd like to see. And I guess, and then we can you know, get that get some feedback from the community as to how we should be prioritising spending their rates as well. Yeah. So I think there's are some of the things that I'd love to see in the future as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah, um, it reminds me of a Barcelona kind of example of yeah, bringing the vision of by the people for the people mm. and bringing that participatory approach into policy planning and, and yeah. all those things. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the things this council has done is brought in a buy which procurement
1: policy with a real focus on making sure that we can spend as much of our money in our local community. Our current spend in our community is only 17%. So that will change, obviously, and if we, even if we only change it by 10% in the next 12 months, that's an extra $15 to $18 million that we'll be spending in our community. That that means a lot to a lot of businesses and local jobs as well. What I'm interested in is is the insights. So in 12 months' time, we can start looking at those insights of our spend data. So we can see where the gaps are. We can see that we always buy, I'll just pick something, we always buy our red cups from Brisbane and we buy our purple cups in um, Ipswich. So who is supplying us with purple cups? you know, maybe they could extend their range and, and stock red cups and we can buy them from there. So it'd be really interesting to see where those gaps are for, for goods and services to see if we can continue to support our own community.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting and obviously a, a hot topic during the pandemic that we're still in, that supply chain and mm. that self-sustainability. Was that part of your decision-making?
1: Look, I've got to say it probably wasn't because of COVID with the buy-ups, which it just seems like a no-brainer that we should be purchasing locally. And I guess COVID has brought that very much to the fore when we've seen um, so many people lose their jobs. And there's been such a focus on let's support the people in our community. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Well, let's zoom into the future now. And what are the emerging trends that people aren't talking about enough? For me, I guess
1: coming from council, I'm pretty passionate about um, improving customer service. So, you know, that the app, uh, snap, Send, Solve, or some councils have those type of apps mm. where you can report the potholes or the footpath. What I'd love is for that loop to close around to sort of say, thank you, this will be fixed in the next two weeks or by this time or when it's finished to let them know. I think it's that's that sort of customer service would be really important. But I guess as a society, we do need to look at how we do transport better um, as our population grows. I mean, roads, rail, bridges, vehicles, fossil fuels, they're they all very expensive. So we do need to think about how we actually move around in a smarter and more innovative way.
0: Mm, and I think particularly in our, um, I know Ipswich is a, is a city, but I live here in Toowoomba, but more regional cities, rethinking what public transport actually looks like and feels mm. like and what makes it more accessible. What are those barriers? Why aren't we using public transport? And, mm. you know, some of the things are fairly obvious, which, are, you know, maybe there's not enough routes or maybe, you know, it doesn't it's too slow or whatever. But I think some of the other things are a bit deeper and I think if we take some time to understand that. And using technology is, is one thing, but actually I think we were talking a little bit earlier around you know, that community. It's actually a radical increase in the level of engagement that is required to understand what people actually are wanting.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's true. Well, this is where, again, technology can be used to engage people as well.
0: Mm. From an Switch perspective, is Digital inclusion piece, a key component of, you know, your strategy? I think digital inclusion is really
1: important. It's about educating people so everyone has that opportunity to participate in the digital world. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be. And we've seen that with COVID. I saw here in Ipswich that, you know, it was okay for people who love tech and have mobile phones. They could still continue to catch up. But we certainly had people who didn't have access to the internet or had devices that could keep in touch with each other. We certainly had an issue with some of our elderly residents and seniors who weren't as tech-savvy. So our local Rotary clubs here in Ipswich went around to the different aged care homes and people's houses and sort of step-by-step showed them how to Zoom call or FaceTime their kids and their grandkids.
0: Yeah, I spent um, about three hours on a Sunday teaching my grandma, one, how to delete. She had three Facebook accounts somehow so got rid of some of those, and yes, the Zoom call, uh, so we can have our basically Sunday Sunday afternoon family chats.
1: Yep, oh, how mm. lovely! Oh, you're a good granddaughter.
0: <laughs> well, in my head, I was thinking, I'm all about digital inclusion, so I have to yes. be the person to do this. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, last question. Very easy. Uh, how can people connect with you?
1: I'll only buy my PA box, Zoe. <laughs> Where do, <laughs> Where do I start? Very smart city. Where do I start? Email mayor at ibswitch.qld.gov.au. Um, obviously the phone, but um, also LinkedIn and Facebook. And the council has their, their Facebook pages as well. So my Facebook is Teresa Harding, Mayor of Ipswich. Yeah, there's multiple ways. Interesting to talk about technology. I know that's probably. I know this is the end of the session. Um, keep going. But the Queensland government brought in new legislation, primarily because of what happened out here in Ipswich, which mm. means that we are only permitted to, I guess, conduct council business on council resources. So when I get the request from my LinkedIn page and my personal Facebook, I'm consistently um, screenshotting it and emailing it to myself, to my council email address to ensure that I'm adhering to all the the regulations for all the new regulations for councillors.
0: I love it. I love (laughs) a little bit of red tape bureaucracy um, (laughs) in the social media or technology space, particularly when it doesn't make a lot of sense but we have to follow these rules yes well thanks so much for coming on to the podcast i feel like we could talk for a long time actually um but i know you're a busy lady and i really want to thank you and your team for agreeing to share this with us today because i think it's really important and obviously feeds into your message of making sure that we're uh, sharing this information and, and keeping councils and governments accountable but yeah really appreciate your time today
1: Zoe, thank you for your leadership in this space. You know, we, we don't progress and unless we have thought leaders like yourself that will push the boundaries and, and reach out to multiple people and have these discussions about how can we make our world better. And so I'm going to do a bit of a plug here. In our council here, we actually have two councillors in their 20s, which is probably a first. Mm. We have councils in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s here in Ipswich. And I encourage people who, who love tech, who love their community to think about committing to, I guess, Public service, or in the public service, but also uh, civic service as well, and in joining government or being at least politically active, so that they can have the governments that they want to see mm. with uh, in authority and power.
0: No, thanks so much for that. And yeah, I think that's so important too. Um, we need diversity in our decision making. Mm. Yes. And I think sometimes with uh, maybe young people, but maybe everybody, it's we think we don't know enough, or we, you know, someone else will know more than me. But we need all those thoughts to come together to create the. The smart communities that we want in the future.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Thank you, Zoe. Thanks so much. We will talk soon. Thanks, Teresa. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
1: The Smart Community Podcast is brought to you by My Smart Community. If you're looking for support in podcast strategy and production, workshop design and facilitation, or communication and media advisory. Get in touch, email hello at mysmart.community or head to www.mysmart.community.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Smart Community podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes are available on our website mysmart.community/podcasts. If you have any questions for us or any of our guests, you can email hello at mysmart.community. You can also find us on the socials. We are on LinkedIn and Twitter at smartcomhq. That's com with two m's. If you are enjoying the podcast, please hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we would love for you to leave us a rating and review at wherever you listen. This really helps us reach more ears and eyes, so thank you for your support. As always, we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. The Smart Community Podcast is what you're looking for.